0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Talk on Tech. I am Patrick Smith, and we're currently doing home editions because we're in the middle of the coronavirus in the year 2020. Uh, So, we are recording remotely here. So, apologies if the audio doesn't sound up to par what it normally is, but uh, things must go on even as we are in current situations. And I'm joined today by Corey Brown. How's it going, Corey? It's going well. So, Uh, I want to talk to Corey today because he has a very interesting uh, story when it comes to his trajectory through technology and his education stuff. So, Corey, I usually start off by asking people, um, what got you into computers? What kind of, you know, bit you with the bug? Uh,
1: Probably just using them as a kid. Uh, We always had a computer in the house. I would always use it to, you know, download songs from Napster and uh, play games on it and things like that. And it just kind of went to me tinkering with the different programs uh, my space was real big so I would always like inject code in the about me to play songs or to change the layout of my page with CSS. so I've just always been interested in computers so you were you were a bit of a tinker like me except it sounds like you actually made things work
0: I typically just took things apart to my to my dad's you know anger and never put them back together uh, what was your just out of curiosity what was your first gaming console a nintendo 64 Nintendo 64, nice. And that's
1: that's if not counting all the uh, like Coleco Vision. Like there were a lot of like educational games that uh, I was lucky enough to have as a child. So uh, I think I would say Nintendo 64 is my first gaming dedicated gaming console.
0: Right. One one that was yours. It was not necessarily like a hand me down type of situation.
1: Well, it was a hand. We sh- it was shared.
0: <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, like before I was even born, my dad had bought uh, a Mattel. Uh, electronics and television, but like my first console that was mine that I remember him buying was the original NES. So I kind of figured, you know, your your N sixty four was probably the one that you know you really latched onto and remembered the most. So that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. So, so you always had kind of a, a an eye for uh, designing, changing web pages around and stuff. What made you decide that? You know, once you graduate high school, I'm guessing that you were like, "I'm going to go into this. I'm going to make this be uh, my job, my 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 education."
1: Uh, yeah. So for a while, I think you know, I was just constantly playing games. Uh, I always thought it would be cool to make them. It got to a point where I started kind of wondering how things were made, uh, and I actually got my GED. So I didn't even graduate high school. Uh, oh, okay. I, just, I got my GED, went right into the workforce, uh, worked, and was married for a while, and then. I think uh, it was probably around the same time that I was getting a divorce from that marriage that I think I got a postcard in the mail from Mount West that said, you want to learn how to make games. So their, their marketing team was really on it. Uh, got that, enrolled in classes and uh, learned how possible it was.
0: So let me ask you this, because um, it seems like, yeah, you were at a crossroads at that point. The job that you had before in the workplace, was it computer related or was it I need to get a job? I need to be making money.
1: Uh, yeah, it was just I needed a job. I need to be making money. I worked at a couple of places. Uh, my first job was McDonald's. It's probably a lot of people's first job. But sure. Uh, I worked there for a while. And then uh, I started working as a landscaper, uh, which is remodeling uh, the exterior of people's homes. Uh, so, yeah, it was almost the opposite of computers. Sure, sure. Uh, But then at that point, you know, at that crossroads,
0: at that time of reflection, the postcard got there just in time, and then you decided to enroll in Mount West. And which which option did you choose to go in at Mount West?
1: I went into, uh, at the time, Josh Joseph was teaching it, and uh, I went into the animation and game development program. Okay, okay. And so um,
0: what kind of what kind of programming education and tools were you learning at that point that stuck with you or that led you to, to to branch out
1: on your own and try other things? Well, we started off, I think the first class we took, the first gaming class we took had, uh, we were using flash and it wasn't, it wasn't even Adobe animate at that point. It was flash. And I kind of went through the process, made a couple buttons, started making a game, uh, prototyping out, you know, the first idea that I had, uh, I think I'd made Pong before that in Flash, but I think it got to the point where I was hand coding collision, and I just thought, you know, there has to oh, be a wow. better way. <laughs> and uh, I every time I at at the time every time I would type in you know game development tutorials, game dev tutorials, uh, Unity would show up. So instead of kind of beating my head against the wall, you know, trying to look for even resources on uh, Flash game development, I just Downloaded Unity it was free, uh, and then started learning that. So, um, if I remember correctly, at that time with the program, because I,
0: I, if people listen to the previous podcast, I had originally started teaching the the gaming program uh, with with Dr. Randall Jones at the time, and then when Josh got brought on, I went ahead and turned the gaming program over to Josh because I took over the the Microsoft side of networking. Um, I feel like we already had at that point a C++ class that students would be able to, to take. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, definitely, but Unity does have a basis. Is it C++ or C Sharp that Unity has a basis in?
1: Uh, the engine's kind of uh, written in a lot of languages, but when you go okay. to code in Unity, it, you use C Sharp or a, like a facade of C Sharp.
0: Okay, so I guess what I was trying to, you know, non-eloquently get around to is when you started learning Unity, had you already had classes that helped you with the, the core C or C-sharp, in that case, uh, language you were going to need, or were you learning that from scratch yourself?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we had already taken, uh, there was a C++ class, the intro to programming class that we still teach, uh, and it kind of went over data types and just, uh, you know, how to, you know, Create functions and how to access those functions and how to organize code, uh, and even using Flash, we used ActionScript. So uh, I'd kind of already had a uh, like a basis in programming by the time I went into Unity. It was just the ease of the language kind of made it that much easier to grasp.
0: Right. So you know, you started kind of teaching yourself Unity on the side, outside of your coursework there, um, and so the rest the rest of your time at Mount West there were you kind of still doing the dual track? Were you by that? I mean, were you still doing the classes that Josh was teaching? And then also on the side delving deeper and deeper into unity at the time or what happened next?
1: Yeah. So I, I was teaching myself unity, uh, while we kind of went through some other classes. We went, uh, uh, we were, I think I took a C sharp class where it was just making like, uh, like window forms and things like that. And, uh, so I was still teaching Unity or uh, still learning Unity on the side. And then I even downloaded Unreal Engine and started messing around with Blueprints. Uh, I think during that time I had also downloaded Lumberyard and uh, I think there was a version of CryEngine available. Uh, so I was kind of just downloading all these different tools, just trying to like see where they were similar, see how they handled uh, object-oriented programming and components and things like that. And uh, eventually there was a class at Mount West that did use Unity and... I was able to continue, Uh, I I was able to help out the team a little more because i had already had experience in it. So some of the other students would come and ask me questions and I'd be able to answer them.
0: Okay. So before, so before you graduated, Josh had upgraded the program or, or refreshed the program to start to bring in some of the unity aspects. Okay. So then once you graduated from Mount West, where, where were you at that time when it comes to program? What was your mindset? What were your next plans?
1: Uh, well, by the time that I had graduated Mount West, I had already had a job programming and making games at Strictly Business Computer Systems here in uh, Huntington, West Virginia. Uh-huh. Uh, and we had started uh, working, it was a little bit of pre-production moving into production. So I was graduating and I already had a job in my field uh, doing what I wanted to do. And uh, I kind of noticed too that even the games we were getting from clients and some of the some of the projects we were working on there, it wasn't fulfilling my needs, <laughs> I would say, as a creative. So I sure. uh, started, started my own business, uh, AFO Studios, and I started making games kind of under that uh, umbrella.
0: Okay, awesome. So I know that at, at some point, you know, not spoiler alert for people, but to, to jump ahead slightly, I know that you made the decision to go ahead and continue your education at Marshall so at what point, at this point, when you're working for Strictly, when you're doing AFO, do you decide to make that choice to continue on and get a four-year degree?
1: There was a little bit of time period in between there where uh, me and Josh had started playing the uh, West Virginia Game Developers Expo that mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of learning about other uh, curriculum nearby. Like I know Shawnee State had a great program. And uh, honestly, whenever I heard about Marshall's program, uh, it really came down to the articulation agreement between Mount West and Marshall that they had that uh, you know was two years at Mount West and then two years at Marshall and you got the Associates and the Bachelors. And that really appealed to me just because I'd already built up uh, enough credits. It turns out that not all the credits carried over like <laughs> like I was told, uh, but just the, the closeness of the school and hearing about their game development program kind of made me want to go into it.
0: Right, because because potentially um, it, it's not unheard of that you get an associate's degree and then you then go someplace else and they're like, we're, we're not going to take any of this at all. You get to spend four more years here, right? So so there was there was the idea that you weren't going to spend six whole years on the whole thing, at least. So um, but so I'm curious when you went to Marshall, um. I'm curious from the programming programmer's journey, basically the designer's journey, what new, uh, current engines or technologies were you exposed to? And then did those change your mind out of playing with, you said like the cry engine, unity, unreal, or did that strengthen certain areas? Uh,
1: definitely strengthen certain areas. Uh, like Lumberyard uses C plus plus and, Uh, I think they started working on some of their visual scripting tools and uh, during the program itself at Marshall, I got to, uh, they call it auditing, which you just, you pretty much go sit in a class that you're not taking. Uh, So so I did that a lot. Uh, I sat in on a lot of the web development courses and some of just some of the other like algorithms and uh, data structures courses. And uh, they mostly used C++, but it was still in the console uh, and it was You know, cool to learn how to program uh, better, but uh, we still hadn't really started getting into a lot of the engine work that I wanted to get into until uh, probably uh, much later into their student career. So for
0: people out there that are listening to this, once again, correct me if I'm wrong, but to say that you're programming the console... That means that you were basically programming what people might be familiar as as a command prompt, a DOS prompt. There was no graphics to it. Basically, you were inputting stuff via the keyboard and and asking questions and answering them. So it's kind of a text based game. Is that right?
1: Yeah, uh, and it wasn't always games. Like there was, we were programming a lot of like uh, like just data entry. And like uh, I was mentioning before that I'd taken a lot of the web development classes where it was like a lot of SQL, a lot of uh, a lot of web based. I think one of the more graphical projects we had was uh, making tic tac toe on a web page with jQuery and just learning uh, some of those other different libraries. Right.
0: Well, because what I think about was when when I originally started the gaming program and we had the third gaming class, which was C, at the time, and I'm wondering if this is your experience, so many students in my first two semesters got to play with Flash. They got to immediately have the visual bug right there. They got to do animation. They got to do tweening. They got to use action script. And then the third semester, I threw them into C++. And for the most part, what we did in C++ was console-based. Like We made calculators. We we, we inputted in uh, how much change someone had and had an algorithm on the back end that said how many nickels, quarters, dimes, and stuff they had. We made battleship games or tic-tac-toe games, like you were saying. But students... For me, at least at the time, seemed to be kind of disappointed that we went from two semesters of a nice graphical uh, gaming engine to suddenly being back at a command prompt, even though we were in the very, very powerful C sharp or sorry, C plus plus. Yeah. Did that type of thing happen to you?
1: Yeah, we we def- I definitely get that now. Uh, not to jump to not to jump sure. forward, but uh, now teaching I teach at Mount West, and I've kind of revamped a little bit of the program. And we start off immediately, just jumping right into Unreal Engine, and uh, it's kind of a take back whenever you know they might have not had a C plus C++ class yet, and we go over those things like repetition structure and the you know, four loops. And but when we are in Unreal Engine, we are able to already do those things using blueprints. So they already have kind of an idea of what is happening, and they have that uh, they have that graphical interface to you know feel good about it. <laughs> but I gotcha. That make that makes a lot more
0: sense because they can they get the graphical side, but they can go under the hood with the actual uh, code and, and console side. Because, yeah, one thing that Josh and I ended up changing is it used to be for us IT115 was a visual basic class. And they took that one of their first semesters and they didn't take advanced programming, which is 215, until typically the third semester. And that was C++. So we kind of like cut out VB because VB was going away and we moved C++ sooner so that at least maybe when they're having at the time the flash class, they could have the. The uh, C plus you know introductory class, so they could they could go into one class and be like, man, all I see is a console. But at least they can come over to the next class the next day and be like, but I'm getting to play graphical here. It's cool to see that now you having your program the option that in Unreal they got the blueprints graphical and they have the powerful uh, you know console under the hood C or C sharp in that case that they can go ahead and program with. So I was just curious about that because I always heard students complain because I you know a command line is very very powerful but it's not sexy you know from right. a design standpoint so um but you you got to get them past the like this is way way powerful for you people but uh, I was just curious as a student your take on that so that makes a lot of sense
1: yeah yeah and Unreal definitely uh, is known for making things sexy
0: there yeah there you go so then um. Were there any other big highlights for you at Marshall University? Anything that stands out to you where you uh, where you're like, oh, this technology is amazing and you accelerated your learning in it or any new technologies you hadn't been exposed to that you were like, this is my this is my now go to, uh, you know, technology. I'm using that type of thing. Any standouts?
1: Yeah, um, just Unreal Engine. Um, I started off, even at Marshall, feeling more comfortable in Unity. And Marshall kind of has a more, I would say, a lenient curriculum where like, some of the gaming classes that we would take, it would be make a game that has these features, but we could choose what tools we use. So we could choose uh, Unity or Unreal Engine or any other engine. And, uh, oh, that's cool. And make it in whatever we felt comfortable in. And kind of at one point, Unity was still my go-to. I would just always choose it. I felt comfortable C Sharp. Uh, and then... There were a couple classes that I took, like like the uh, there was an AI class that just they kind of worked more in the engine uh, Unreal Engine than Unity, and it started getting me a little more comfortable with it. And then I got into classes that kind of let you choose, you know, what you did, like the uh, independent study. I took, I think I even took multiple independent studies, uh, just because I was, I think my instructors and my professors saw that I, you know, was fully capable of teaching myself and that uh, having kind of the untethered learning experience was better for me. Uh, So I kind of just dove into some of the documentation and just like really started digging into, you know, like, I think one of the last projects I did was like, I've heard of Ray marching. I'm going to try to figure it out. Uh, Which I still, I'm not, I don't completely understand it myself, but I was able to take these things that I'd learned in other classes or things that I'd learned on my own and just kind of like experiment with. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you, you you learn a lot from dabbling and once again going back to tinkering. You know you talked you talked at the beginning about going into MySpace and messing with the HTML code to go ahead and embed embed a uh, different you know music player that type of thing. And so you're still continuing uh, your lifelong version of tinkering yeah. there to see what works and if it breaks, fix it and and then learn from that.
1: Yep, never ends.
0: So um, so Marshall comes to a close. You you finish there. Uh one thing I'm curious about was when you finished at Marshall, what was your go to uh game engine slash programming language that you that you now used or were comfortable with? Uh
1: honestly, uh Unreal Engine and then I don't think some people still don't count it as a language, but blueprints, uh their visual scripting language that you know, it just uh it's really quick with prototyping and you can make a lot of things very quickly. Uh so yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, if someone's listening to this, potentially,
0: and they're like, you know, I want to go into programming or I'm thinking about starting on this path and and I'm listening to what Corey's saying, I'm listening to his trajectory, um, can you tell people out there, when you finished at Mount West, you were, you were pretty solidly in the Unity camp. You mentioned you were dabbling with Unreal, but then when you finished at Marshall, um, you're now solidly in the Unreal camp. Can you tell people uh, what what changed for you? What clicked? What made you move over based on your your personal preference?
1: Uh, just realizing that a lot of the things like Unity is great, and I had to I learned a lot from you know making things from scratch. But there is just so much, in, and that was kind of one of the things that like turned me away from Unreal at first. Even when I was dabbling uh, with it before, was just that there's a lot there, and when you go into it. You don't really know, you know, it's made for AAA companies. It's made for, I mean, it's made for indies too, but AAA companies use this to make their game and there's a lot of tools inside of it. So just unpacking the engine and trying to figure out what the different tools are there. Uh, And then by the time that I understood most of those tools inside of it, it just became, you know, you know, why reinvent the wheel? I'm going to use this thing that works. I see.
0: Okay well, because I just yeah I, I I try to think about the audience we're gonna have here and and I would imagine some people might have thought, well, why did he switch from one to the other? Um, just you know, personal preference, sure yeah. Comf- comfortableness aside as well. but I didn't know if there was a, an aha moment you had going from one to the other. Um, but it also seemed like to some degree you lost the intimidation factor like I've regularly heard people talk about, in my digital photography class, they'll say, you know, Photoshop overwhelms me. There's so much you can do in there. And I'm like, that's true, but you don't have to do 100% of what Photoshop does. You can totally just do the 10% you know now, and then you can learn a little bit more. And now you can do 15% and 20%. And, you know, I tell them, like, I don't do 100% of what it does either. I don't even touch the 3D aspect of it. And that's totally okay. You don't have to be intimidated by a product wholly and not use it just If you want, take small bites, you know?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is time, Uh, especially in school. Uh, Like when I was still, when Unity was my go-to engine, it was because I knew the time limit that I was working in and I knew my ability to work within that time limit. So I would choose things that made my time more effective. Uh, So once it would just kind of became a, a, you know, two circles moving together and there there was overlap for sure where I was, You know, if I wanted to do this thing, it really could go both ways. But then at some point they just kind of merged where uh, it didn't matter.
0: I think that makes, yeah, I think that makes total sense. When you're, when you're behind the eight ball and you've got a deadline, no one ever goes, you know what, I'm going to try this technology where I may be beating my head against the wall all night long to get something done that I know how to do in five minutes instead of technology. So I I think, I think that makes an awful lot of sense. Um, Would there be any advice you have for somebody who is considering um, getting into programming, potentially going to school or studying online? Because you mentioned you did both. You were going to school, but you were also furthering your own personal education by going out there and seeking resources. So what what advice would you have for someone who's listening to this and potentially saying, I'm thinking about doing a, I just, I don't know the first step to take.
1: So uh, I was given very good advice very early on by uh The Mount West has a program called Peer Coaches, which I eventually got hired on as a peer coach. But a peer coach is essentially a student mentor. So the school hires other students to mentor students going through their programs. And uh, Jacob Rowe was my peer coach, and he gave me the best piece of advice that I still use to this day. I use it on the job at Strictly. I use it at Mount West. I use it when I'm working on private projects for AFO Studios, and that's Google it google it uh watch videos youtube it um just start now if you think that you're interested in something there's so much there's such a wealth of information on the internet that a lot of the content that we teach and even pull from in the curriculum is on the internet uh you can go learn unreal engine uh, epic games uh, has a learn portal learn.unrealengine.com and they have a ton of information on there so i would just say you know don't wait uh It's probably going to be pretty rough at first, and you're going to feel like you're not getting very far, Uh, even in your projects. Maybe it doesn't look how you imagine it'll look. Uh, Start very small. Start, you know, recreate a game that's already made. Uh, Like I, I had mentioned, Pong was one of my first games, and uh, yeah, just small scope. Don't try to make a big MMO. Don't, you know, don't try to make the next Call of Duty. Start, start small. Okay,
0: great. Well, fantastic. Um, For everyone who's listening, we're going to have a a multi-part series here with Corey. But for now, um, you know, the next episode, we're going to talk about Corey doing his designing and his programming and talk more about his company and the the types of um, projects he's done. But for now, I think we're going to put a pin in this particular episode. So thank you so much, Corey, for talking to us about your... um, about your your trajectory through uh, education and your self-learning when it comes to being a designer and a programmer. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And so that's going to do it for this week's edition of Talk on Tech. I am Patrick Smith. Have a week.